and obviously are quickly taken to the ICU. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that my phone number? No, it's Learn to come to me first on the step. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, I noticed he was holding out on me. I was 23 and had just gotten out of Freed Hardman and was just married in December, December the 11th of 1999, and was heading to Montgomery to start my new job at Apologetics Press. And they explained to me what my job would be. They said, you're going to be the editor of the kids' magazine, Discovery, Scripture and Science for Kids. And I said, okay, that sounds very exciting. And what I learned there was within about a week, I realized that I could edit that magazine and be done in one week a month. And they said, okay, now just think of some other stuff to do. And I said, well, what am I supposed to do? They said, well, you just think of things that you think are related to apologetics that will help the brotherhood. And that was when I was 23. Now, we have been at Apologetics Press, my wife and I and family and I now have been there for going on 23 years. And it has been a thrilling experience for us and especially for me and the work that I get to do. I have said many, many times that if I could do anything, if I could just pick my dream job, a job where I could do things that I feel like I'm the most suited to do, that I've been trained to do, Working at Apologetics Press is exactly that. And what I'm going to show you this evening, I think will excite you and will help you see why I'm so excited about the work that I do. I was not scheduled to preach this particular gospel meeting, but the preacher this summer, over the summer, he had gotten COVID. And one of the guys, that's the preacher there, the guy who, who preaches there, young guy, and he called me and said, Kyle, could you come do one night of this Sunday through Wednesday gospel meeting? Uh, which night could you do? And I said, I think I could do Tuesday. So this was in Bonacqua, Tennessee. It's at the Five Points congregation. And there at the congregation, the preacher was talking to me. He said, hey, we watched your videos in class today. Now, knew the man was a public school teacher. And I said, you watched my videos in class today. He said, yeah. He said, we have gone to the board. And I teach there in the public school. And we got the board to approve a class called The Bible as History. And so it's an elective class, so you don't have to have it to graduate, but if you want it, you can take it. And we were there looking at various things about the existence of God, and we were using your new videos, and he said, hey, you know, by the way, I appreciate the new shorter ones, and I'll show you what we've got going on with those. But he said, let me tell you what happened just recently in our class. He said, I've been teaching this class for years, and do you see that girl right and we were standing at the back of the auditorium. And about three rows from the back, there was a young lady who looked like she was about 17 or 18. He said, do you see that girl right there? I said, yeah. He said, she was in my class. And we were going through your book, Truth Be Told, which I have there in the back to show you. We just renewed and done a different edition of that. And he said, we're going through that. I basically used that as my textbook for the class. And she asked me, some questions about existence of God and the church and things like that. He said, well, I just teach. I just preach right down the road here at the Five Points congregation. Why don't you just come and you can ask me any question you want and I'll give you any answer that you need. So she started coming and was baptized into Christ. She then invited her two parents 
who came along with her and were baptized into Christ. She then had a friend from school that she invited to come to the congregation, and her friend was baptized. Her friend's two parents came, and they were baptized, and I think it was an aunt and uncle that were also added to the church. And so you had eight people come and become Christians from the seed that was planted in a public school situation with apologetics press material. Now, that's thrilling to me to see how God gets things involved like that. And now most of the time, I think that happens all over the country in various different ways that we don't get to hear about it. And I just happened to be at that congregation at the time. It's not like he sent me an email or told me anything about it. I was just there talking to him, and it was just kind of incidental in the conversation. But I was just reading a book by a man named David Kinneman. David Kinneman is the president of the Barnett Research Group. And his book was titled, You Lost Me. And he's talking about the epidemic that we've got going on in the United States of America in what he would call Christian. Now, just put that in quotation marks. In any denomination or group that calls themselves Christians, he would put them in that category. But he said, across the board, we're losing 50 to 60% of all of our 18 through 29-year-olds. And he was looking at why that was the case. And one of the top six reasons why the people in the United States are leaving what they perceive to be Christianity, one of the top six reasons is because they do not believe that the idea of God and the idea of creation fits with what we know to be modern science. And they will basically just say, I went to my preacher and tried to talk to him about science, and he said that's not something we should discuss, and he didn't have any answers for me. And it's one of the top six reasons why we're losing many of our 18 through 29-year-olds. Now, what we do on a regular basis is just say, hold on just a second. We love science. Science is a great idea. Science is wonderful. In fact, God, who created the universe, is the one who explains to us that searching out the truth of things is a really good idea. And what you're being told about science, not coordinating with or going with the Bible and creation, that's absolutely false. And let's sit down and talk about it. We'll be more than happy to talk about anything scientific you've got. It's, it's absolutely on the table. And here's why I find that so, so interesting and fun, is that when you say, yeah, let's talk about evolution, let's talk about creation, and let's just take the evidence and see which one of those two ideas the evidence points to. Now, that's shocking to many of the kids because they've been told that religious people don't talk about evolution. Religious people don't talk about science. But if you will just follow Paul's instructions in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21, test all things and hold fast to what is good, what quickly becomes apparent to the kids who are in the school systems is, oh, wait just a second. There's a reason that creation doesn't get to be presented beside evolution, and it's not because creation is not science. It's because if you put creation beside evolution, Beside evolution in any thinking system, you quickly realize that the science is on the side of creation and it's not on the side of evolution. And there's a reason that you only can teach evolution and have people believe it if you teach it in a vacuum and you don't let people see something else. And when they come to us and say, we want some scientific answers, and we say, yeah, we do too. Let's look at that. But you would be surprised how surprised they are when they realize we're not afraid of what's out there, and we completely 
believe with all of our hearts that if you put God's system up next to the world system and you are an honest-hearted, sincere person, you'll come to believe the truth of God's system every single time. And we get to see that happening all over the country, and really all over the world, and we'll tell you some more about that. But you guys have been a very integral part of what we do at Apologetics Press. You have been some of our financial supporters for many, many years. Just recently, with one of the largest fundraising campaigns we've ever had, we had a foundation that saw what we were doing and said, man, we really appreciate what you're doing. We'll match anything you raise by December 22nd. I think they said this October, about the 25th. They said, whatever you raise by December 22nd, we'll match it up to $150,000 the largest contribution we had ever seen in the 23 years that I've been working at Apologetics Press, and you guys were a big part of helping us get that there. Not to mention how many times you've had me come and speak here at the congregation, and you have passed out our materials and any number of things that you have done. You guys have been with us at AP for many, many years, and the Lord has been using you and us to get His Word out there. And I just want to come and tell you thank you Really do greatly appreciate, for all, appreciate you for all you've done for us and just show you some of the things we've gotten done this year and some of the things we plan on doing the next year or so so you can kind of see the direction that we're going. As we start to look at this, we're going to sing again, O Zion. If ever, no, I'm just kidding. We're not <laughs> going to sing, O Zion. I mean, because if you're expecting me to lead a song, you're going to be in bad shape. Okay, now this is from Martha. And just kind of want to show you how we work. Uh, Martha wrote to us, she said, two things we need in order to order more AP classes. In particular, I'd like to start the folks on the introductory series rather than the WBS course, which is confusing to some newcomers. Can we get a discount that at least covers your cost on this? Now, AP for years has had a couple policies. And one of them is if you're doing anything in a prison system, I think these were going to the prisoners there in the system, you get anything you need absolutely free. You know, we feel very serious about Jesus' instructions where he says there in Matthew chapter 25, when I was in prison, you came and visited me. And we feel like if we can send any person in prison any of the material that we've got, we want to and we'll immediately get it to them if at all possible. Now, sometimes there are some constraints based on binding and some things like that. You can't send a hardback and sometimes we have to peel the covers off of them and stuff like that. But we send them in. And so we talked to her and said, hey, we'll make sure we get these to you as cheap or free as we possibly can. And then she said, also, when speaking about the Delta strain of COVID, some commentators are referencing the Darwinian evolution of the virus. How can we respond if people say the virus evolves, so why didn't other life just want to be ready? Well, I think she had gotten that question from one of the people she was studying with. And basically it was, hey, you know, the Delta strain of the uh, COVID virus obviously has mutated, and so that's proof of evolution. If you're in a Bible study with someone and they say the Delta strain of the COVID virus has mutated, that's why the Bible is not right. What do you say? You know, it's a kind of a loaded question, isn't it? Most of us haven't done a whole lot of work on the Delta strain mutations, and we don't really know what direction we would go with a question like that. And, you know, I, I, I say it almost tongue-in-cheek because at AP, that's what we do. And so I wouldn't expect everybody to know how to answer the mutations of the Delta strain, but somebody in the church needs to. And so here's what we wrote her back. You know, basically we said, hey, uh, we've got an article on bacterial mutation that deals specifically with that, although it's not 
right with the, the virus mutation of the Delta strain of COVID, we've got one that deals with that. We'll send that to you, and then we'll write one specifically on that. And that's what we do. If we have somebody that has a question and we've never given an answer to that, okay, send it to us. We'll find the answer. We'll write it and put it out there so the whole world can have it. Well, in this case, she said, uh, can't tell you how grateful Jamie and I are for the discount you provided on the evidences course. And notice what she said, please feel free to cancel any request to publish another article. This one has completely sufficed. Well, we had an article that dealt with virus mutations that show that has nothing to do with evolution. In fact, what you need for a, an animal to evolve from a single-celled amoeba to a human is to add billions and billions of bits of genetic information. What the Delta strain of the COVID virus is doing is not adding any information at all. In fact, it's subtracting information or adjusting information. It's not adding anything new, which is what has been the case all along, even though that's presented to you as evidence of evolution. And so they presented this to the person who had a question, and the person who had a question said, oh, that answers my question. Okay, let's get on with our Bible study. And that's really what we're trying to do. Get the weeds out of the bed so the seed can grow. And lots of times you just have to deal with their question, whether it is, you know, what I would call even a serious question or not. Because if you've ever looked at, at mutations in viruses, you know that new information is not being added. You know it doesn't prove evolution. But some people don't, and they've been told by the television or by commentators or whoever it is, hey, this proves the Bible can't be right. Well, let's think through it for a minute. No, it doesn't. Do you see that? Yes. Okay, now let's get on with Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Matthew 1, Matthew 2. And that's how we operate at AP. My name is Marcio. I was an agnostic for a long time, but lately I've felt God in my life. I'm on a spiritual quest to decide what to believe, which is why I would like to ask you a few questions, if you don't mind. Why does God allow so many innocent people to suffer horrible things? Why did God have people stoned in the Old Testament? Isn't he supposed to be a merciful God? If the Bible says that the son will not die for the sins of the father, then why did God kill David's son for a sin that his father committed? And why were King Saul's, Saul's sons executed for a sin that their father committed? Do animals go to heaven? Do you think it's possible to prove the existence of God? I hope I haven't bothered you. And if I've offended you in something I wrote, I apologize in advance. Now, here's what I love about that. That is a, a request we got from somebody that just found our page. Not a member of the church, obviously, at all. Not even would call themselves a Christian. But just says, okay, you know, I've got some questions about the Bible and about the idea of God being a loving God, a merciful God, and some things that I read in the Bible. Do you have answers for that? No, of course, we do have answers for that and have had answers for years and years. And we can direct him and did direct him to the articles on our website that answer each one of those very specifically, including the death of David's son and what about a son dying for their father's sins, etc. We have all of those things. But where else would you get those? And what I mean by that is if someone came to you and said, yeah, but I mean, but what about God killing people in Canaan in the Old Testament? That proves he's not loving. Where can you go to have a good scriptural answer that would be ready for you to present to that person and say, well, hold on, let's look at this, so that you could then continue with your Bible study? Well, that's what we try to do at AP. We just try to be a place that has kinds of answers 
that sometimes would be hard to come up with if you hadn't been presented that stuff before. And here's what I'm saying. Lots of freshmen in college classes hadn't been presented that stuff before. And they need a pretty ready answer or they're going to be seriously struggling with their faith. And we can provide that and do provide that. Just a note to say that I think the article on slavery in the Bible that you focused on recently is the best article on the subject I've read thus far. I thank God for it and you all. I have a family member who uses the issue of slavery in the Bible to doubt the Bible overall. I hope she'll read the article and be strengthened in the true God and His Word. Let me tell you what happened years ago. Years ago now, I'm going to say, I don't know, might have been 10, maybe 12. I looked on the Internet for a good answer to the Bible and slavery and did not find one. I found a few very sparse, small articles on it, but realized there is not a robust, intellectual, scripturally honest answer that I have seen anywhere on the Internet on this subject. And so I'm going to write one. And so I started writing one. It took me three years, and I'm going to say, I can't tell you how many countless hours to write the article. Now, it wasn't three years every single day. I would go in, I'd write some on it, and then I'd go back and reread it and change some and then add some and get another book on the subject and add two or three paragraphs and send it to the guys to proofread. They would proof it and say, ah, we don't really like this part, and we changed it up. It took three years for it to get published. But I honestly believe right now, and this is, has nothing to do with me personally. It's just how we work at AP. I believe we have the best answer literally in the world on the Internet that you can find to the Bible and slavery. It's the most complete, deals with the most verses that are often questioned by the skeptic, and there is not another answer out there that is more complete than the one we've got. And the brotherhood, the Lord's church, has it. And it's the only one really of its kind out there. And now let me ask you a question. Who in a normal situation has three years to spend on the singular question of the Bible and slavery? Well, most of the time your regular preacher doesn't because he's doing all kinds of things and he's preaching weddings and he's preaching funerals and he's getting up three lessons a week, etc. And he's doing great work in the trenches but he doesn't have three years that he can spend on an article on the Bible and slavery. But we do. And we do because people like you think that what we do is valuable enough to support and to help us do these kinds of things. Today I was browsing in our local thrift store for bargains in books when I ran across the 28-page booklet. Now this was just, I bet we got this probably three months ago maybe. 28-page uh, booklet titled, and the title of, of that one is Receiving the Gift of God's Salvation. And he says, I just had to let you know that I've read hundreds of booklets, pamphlets, etc. in my 50 years of teaching the Bible, and your booklet is the best I have ever run across. It covered everything I believe about salvation, which I've never found in any other booklet without having to conclude, yeah, but. Congratulations on it being right, and it was free just like salvation. Now, I don't believe this God was a member of the Lord's church, from what I could tell, as he wrote us. He just had an understanding of the New Testament plan of salvation that he basically said, I haven't seen in any other book anywhere. And when I picked you guys' book up, that was the first time I had ever seen it written down like that. Now, think about that. Uh, where was the book? At a thrift store. 
You know, do you like to think that the books that you've spent years and years of your life pouring over end up at a thrift store? That's not really what you'd like to think that they're right on somebody's coffee table and that people pour over them all the time. But look, so it's at a thrift store and somehow providentially God gets that book into the hands of a person who's been studying the Bible for 50 years and he says, you know what, this is it. This is what the New Testament is teaching about the plan of salvation. Well, that's thrilling to me. Even if it did come from a thrift store and the book had been discarded, God was still using it. And so there again, I mean, just think if this guy hadn't written us, which I think there are a lot of people who get a book like this from the thrift store. They don't write us. They don't email you. They just think, you know what? I do believe that's right. And they act on that. And to me, that's very, very exciting. Um, here's what we've been doing lately. And, you know, I'm forced to put a picture of myself up there. I, I don't know if you, I don't, you probably haven't done videos of yourself much. Maybe some of you have. But if you ever have to watch your own videos, and see yourself in the pictures. It is a painful process. It really is. And so I'll get these videos and they'll say, hey, you need to proof these. And I'll let them sit in my email box for like weeks and just think, oh, I do not want to watch myself on video anymore. But it's something that's got to be done. But I say that to say, okay, so here is a video, nine discoveries that confirm the Bible. It was put out in 2018 and it's got... 2.4 million hits on it. Now, of course, it's totally free. You just go to YouTube, type in discoveries that confirm the Bible, discoveries that prove the Bible, etc. You got 2.4 million hits. Now, what I find interesting about this is this material has been on our website for 15 years. And the most we've gotten out of the videos, generally speaking, that this material has is you're looking at one of the moral implications of atheism. It's been out there since 2013. 2,200 views. Okay, 2,000 people have watched it since 2013. That's great. It's about a 35, 40-minute video. That one that I just showed you is about a nine-minute video, eight to nine. It gets 2.4 million hits. The other one that's 45 minutes gets 2,200 over the last 10 years. So what we're finding is, hey, guess what? People want this information. They just don't want it all at once. Well, and that's even kind of odd because they do want it all at once, but they just don't want it to say 45 minutes or 35 minutes. Because here's what we discover. If you will put the same information out there that's been out there for years, but just cut it up in little five-minute chunks, the people who need the information will say, oh, I got five minutes. Now, ironically, they'll sit for two hours and watch 30 of them. But... They don't want it to say 35 minutes. And so look, you're looking at where did God come from? We've had an article on our website about that for the last 15 years. It has not been all that popular. It's not like it's gotten thousands and thousands of views, etc. He put that out in 2019. We've got almost 350,000 views on that one little video that's about five minutes or so on something that we've had on our website for years. But now you put it in a five-minute video, and millions of people literally are watching it. And I could give you several of these. Here's six proofs for the existence of God. We put that out in January of 2020, two years ago. Now we've got over, I think, 550,000 views on that. And what we're basically saying, and when the guy who was teaching school, he used to use our long videos. He would just find little sections in them and play about four or five minutes of it. He said, man, I'm sure glad you put those short videos out. He said, they've really helped my class at school. Okay, great. 
So we're putting out videos now. And of course, you know, IP doesn't make any money on these and they're very extensive to make. And what I mean by that is it takes me about, now I go in, if it's a five minute video, it takes me five minutes to do. I stand up and just talk and we have the video. But every now and then I'll mess up, it might take me seven and a half, maybe 10. Then it takes a week of somebody full time editing to make a five minute video look like five minute videos need to look. I mean, you're talking about if you watch these, you've got stuff that comes in from the side. The nine discoveries that confirm the Bible has pictures of David's stone. And then you have an archaeological scene that you show there. In the nine minutes of that video, I bet I'm not on the screen, maybe two. It's 40 to 50 hours of editing per video. But it's 500,000 views compared to 2,000 views that we've been getting historically over a 10-year period. And so what we're seeing is you just got to meet people where they are. And I think you and I both are kind of the same. You go to, excuse me, YouTube, and you see a 45-minute video, you think, eh, probably not. Looks kind of interesting. You see a five-minute video, you think, well, I got five minutes. And what we're seeing is they do have five minutes, and then they have several more minutes than that. We just put out our new uh, website. Don't know if you go to our website much. I'll just tell you how I do things at AP. If somebody asks me a question, I go to our website, type in their question. 90% of the time, we have an article that deals directly with it. I pull the article address off, put it in the email, send it back to them, say, we got an article on it. Uh, the other 10%, I go, to the other, I go to Christian Courier. I don't know if you know Christian Courier, Wayne Jackson. I go to that site, and sometimes he gets that other 5%. And then there's about 5% of stuff that is not answered there. Then we write an article and make one on there. So we get it all answered. But most of the time, if you need an answer on virtually any Bible subject that you've ever thought about, you can go to our website. We've got 40 years worth of material on our site done by high-level researchers that are strong, biblically sound members of the Lord's Church. And 40 years of research that you get to do all the time really accrues a whole lot of information. And so we just did our new website. Our new website is one that's mobile friendly. You know, what we were finding out was, I loved our other website, I loved the way it looked. But when you opened it on your phone, you had the whole website that looked just like the website, but it was about this big. And so if you, if you did anything, what I would always do is get on there and I would just blow it up and then I'd find the little thing and press it. Okay, that's not how this works anymore. It's mobile friendly now. We've stepped into the... Uh, we've, whatever century you're supposed to step into after the 21st and you're in the middle of But anyway, we've, at, at the time when we did our website, it was cutting edge. But you know how this electronic stuff does. It was cutting edge for, what, three years. Then it started looking mediocre. Then it started looking old. Then it started looking, hey, this needs to change. And so we got that adjusted. And that was an extensive project. That probably took us five years or so. But now we got mobile friendly. You pull it up on your phone. You can see all the articles exactly like they are. You can watch all the videos. We've started incorporating all the videos on that website so that when you pull it up, you can play the videos. We also have an app that has all of our stuff on it that you can carry with you. You don't have to necessarily be connected to the internet to use it. And you can download the videos on your app, the Apologetics Press app. Now, I don't use a whole lot of apps myself in several things like that, but We've got one, and a lot of people who do use them think it's pretty valuable and cool and answers a lot of their questions, et cetera. So that's there as well. Um, as I was discussing the 40 years, I think most of you guys know about this, but just in case that you don't, 
I'm going to explain to you what I'm holding in my hand here. Uh, for years, we had people say, is there a study Bible that you would recommend for me to get my graduating senior? or for me to give to my daughter for Christmas, or for me to give to this guy who's going off to a preaching school, etc. And there was not one that we could recommend. There were some that had some good stuff in them, like Thompson Chain Reference and uh, the Dickens Study Bible. Dick, Dickens, uh, which one am I talking about there? The, it's not Dickens, it's uh, Dixon. Dixon, Dixon, my fact. And we said they, they got some really good stuff, but we just can't recommend the entire thing. Because there's denominational teaching in all of it that doesn't correspond with what the Bible teaches about the plan of salvation and structure of the church and things like that. And so, no, we, we just can't recommend one. And so years ago, we finally thought, well, well, who in the church has ever done one? Why can't we recommend one? Why isn't there a study Bible done by members of the church that we could recommend? So we looked and tried to find anyone that was out there, and there's not one. We didn't see one. So this was one of those things where we said, okay, let's do it. And we kind of looked around at each other and said, that's a great idea. How do we do that? And we said, I don't know. Let's, let's just start the process. So it ended up being an eight-year process. It took us eight years, and we finally got it done. And basically took all the information we have on our website for the last 40 years and put it in a study Bible format, 2,500 pages, full color, and has the most complete discussion of many subjects that it has in there that is on the market anywhere that you'll ever find. And what I mean by that is like alleged Bible contradictions. Well, we have more hundreds of alleged Bible contradictions answered on our website than anybody in the world, to my knowledge. And we've put all those in the study Bible. And so if you go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 43, and it supposedly, don't quote me, I'm not sure 12 has 43, but I think it might. If it is supposedly contradicting Mark 10, 4, well, then we have right there at the bottom, okay, this is not a contradiction. Here's how you can know it's not a contradiction. Here's an answer to that. And all through the Bible. Then if you go through the Old Testament and you want to know some evidence for the validity of the accuracy of the Old Testament, we've got the archaeological finds that, okay, here's where they found David's inscription. Go to the New Testament. Here's where they found the Pilate stone, etc. We've got all that. And then we have the arguments for the existence of God there at the beginning and for creation and the evidence for creation all through the study Bible. We also then have the correct plan of salvation as it's discussed in the New Testament, the proper understanding of the structure of the Lord's church with elders and deacons, etc. And there's nothing like it anywhere, to my knowledge, in the world. It's the only one of its kind. Now, we printed it about two years ago, the first printing of about 8,000. We're into our, I think, fourth printing now. We've got about 32,000 of them out, and it's been the most... Uh, given away, purchased, distributed resource that we've ever done as far as printed form. Now, our videos get 2.4 million hits, but as far as printed goes, this Bible in 32,000 copies in the last two years, just to put it in perspective, some of our most popular books, uh, Dinosaurs Unleashed and Truth Be Told, they normally distribute or sell about 1,000 to 1,500 copies a year. So in the course of two years, we might have 3,000 of those books out. In the course of two years, we've got 32,000 approximately study Bibles out there. And the reason for that, I think, is that the Lord's Church just has seen, you know what, this is an exciting resource that I can give to my 
young graduating senior who's going off to college, and I don't have to worry about it teaching her any garbage that is not what the Bible teaches. And this is something I can give to my neighbor, and this is something that I can give to people with the full confidence that when they read the commentary on that, they're getting taught the correct teaching on these subjects. And, you know, for the first time, I, I have felt, oh, good, I've got a study Bible that if anybody needs one, I just hand it to them and say, yeah, here you go. This is everything you need as far as you got that word of God, but if you need some commentary and stuff to help you understand some of that, I'm fully confident in every bit of this text. Now, does that mean we have perfectly done it at AP and we don't have any mistakes, et cetera? No, that's not what it means at all. But does it mean that we have poured over that for years and put in what we know corresponds with what the Bible teaches and are giving people a teaching source that they can't get anywhere else? Yeah, and that's exciting to us. And so that was a thrilling resource that we've gotten to put out, and it's been really, really exciting to see what the Lord has done with that. Of course, here's our app that you can put on your phone, and that's been really good. Uh, we've got uh, several VBSs that we have brought Jeremy Pate on board. He is an artist and a designer as well as a, he's got a master's degree in Bible from Fried Hardeman University. So he, he's very biblically knowledgeable, but also very, very talented as it comes to drawing and designing and things of that nature. And so we've done several VBSs and things of that nature that you're looking, I think he's done a total of three for us. He's done two complete and one more that's coming out here this next year. And so we're really getting to see a lot of good resources from that side of things where we didn't have that before. We didn't have somebody that could do all the designing and much of the writing and things of that nature. And so if it was going to get done, it was going to be those of us who were writing books doing it, and we just didn't really have the time for that. And so we're really thrilled with the Vacation Bible Schools that he's doing. Uh, as you go out on the table, we have two new books. And I say they're new. They are now both about, one of them is about 15 years old, one of them is about uh, 13 years old. The Dinosaurs Unleashed and Truth Be Told. They've been our most popular books for the last 13 years or so. And they just needed upgrading and kind of rewriting. And so they are totally new. Third edition for Dinosaurs Unleashed, second edition for Truth Be Told. We added, I think, almost 100 pages to Dinosaurs Unleashed, about 50 to 60 pages to Truth Be Told. It's virtually a different book, the way it looks, and it's got more information and it's more complete now. So if in the past you knew about Truth Be Told and Dinosaurs Unleashed, those are new editions. Let me tell you some other exciting things. Here, there are some catalogs on the back. If you just wanted to know more about what we do and more of the books and the resources, videos, and things like that. Just grab your catalog, totally free. Just take those with you. Um, a couple years ago, we went to Lads to Leaders. They have about 20,000 kids every year. And we asked them, we said, basically, do you have, you know, with, with what we're seeing in the religious world today, you've got to have some real good Christian evidence material. Do you have any teaching or any events or anything that have anything to do with Christian evidences? And they said, we just don't. We don't have those. We said, well, can we work with you to make a resource that kids can use that will introduce them to Christian evidence material? And they said, yeah, you, you come up with it and write it and do all the work on it, then we'll put it as an event. We said, okay, all right, we'll do it. 
And so we started then a four-book series called the Defenders series. Now, this little blue one is Defending God. It's the first in the Defender series. Our next one is Defending the Bible. The third one is Defending Jesus that I just got through writing uh, about two days ago with Eric Lyons. And our fourth one will be Defending the Faith. But here's what's interesting about these. These give you the basic arguments for the existence of God, inspiration of the Bible, etc. But throughout them, if you see this little, this little button right here, throughout them we have about 40 short videos that go with the text. And so when the kid is reading about the argument for the existence of God, and then they come to this particular video called Faith and Reason, well, they click this little QR code that takes them to a page that takes them right to that video, and they watch the three or four, five, six-minute video on Faith and Reason, and then they go right back to reading their stuff. And what we have found from the people who have been using this is that the kids love the interaction between the videos and the text. And so with 30 to 40 videos in each book, what you're seeing is a lot of kids get real interested in the stuff you're dealing with because they get to every now and then take a break from their reading and watch the video. And so we have found that to be a very uh, good and useful resource to help these young people understand more about the basic arguments for God. And so as we're looking at things we'll be doing next year, one of those things is finishing the third book and then starting on the fourth book. We're also going, well, I could rattle this on. I'm probably going to just quit and tell you, hey, we've been doing a lot and we've got a lot more to do. This last year we did our study Bible and got it in digital format. And so anybody who uses things like Olive Tree or uses digital study resources, our study Bible is now in the, the highest level of digital formatting you can get. We basically found the person that does all of the standard study Bibles out there, and it was very expensive to do, but we said we want ours to be as good or better than any digital study Bible on the market. And they said, okay, we can do it. We do 80 to 90% of all the digital study, digital study Bibles anyway. We know exactly what we're doing. Here, we'll get it done. And so that just got finished and accepted, and it's out there on Olive Tree right now, and there will be several other places that it will be going. As you look into the future at what we're doing, we're also doing a uh, smaller version of the study Bible. We call it the Evangelism Bible, but it's going to be a what, we, what you might call, if you get an app or something, it might be the Apologetics Press Study Bible Lite where it's going to just have about 100 pages in the front of the existence of God, inspiration in the Bible, and about 100 pages in the back of plan of salvation, uh, structure of the Lord's church, etc. And it's just going to be a, a smaller version that will be much less expensive that you could buy several hundred of them and put as your pew Bibles or give to missionaries and things like that. So working on that, and that is coming along nicely. Have several more books. We're doing lots more videos. I'm going down in March to where we do several of our videos at World Video Bible School and we'll be doing several more of those videos. They're coming along really well and we're seeing the results of those. So the Lord is just doing all kinds of stuff with us. Now what you understand is that getting a person to believe in God doesn't really help that much by itself. And here's what I mean by that. You go to James and you read in James chapter 4 about faith and works. And James says, you believe in God? He's saying it sarcastically. You do well. Great. Even the demons believe, and they tremble. 
Now, believing in God is not going to get anyone into heaven. We understand that the only way that a person gets into heaven who has sin is that they appropriate the blood of Jesus Christ to their sinful soul. And the only way for them to do that is to believe in Jesus Christ with all of their heart and to be willing to repent of their sins and to be buried in water baptism for the forgiveness of those sins. And that's where they come in contact with the blood of Jesus. And when they come out of that, they are clothed with Christ. We understand that. But like we discussed at the beginning of this discussion, sometimes there's just stuff you've got to get out of the way to get them to Jesus. And I'll give you one quick example of another exciting story that we heard. We got an email from a couple ladies, and they said, hey, we've been studying with these two ladies in China that one of them wants to become a Christian. The other one says she just doesn't believe in God. And we don't really know what to do with this one lady who says she doesn't believe in God. Do you have any resources that could help us? And so they were sending these ladies back to mainland China, if I understood it right. They weren't going to get to talk to them for several weeks, and they might not get to be with them anymore. They had just been spending some time visiting the place where these ladies were. And so they didn't really know what to do. And they said, hey, do you have anything? So this is a little book called How Do You Know the Bible is from God? And we've got a little book identical to it on a different subject titled, How Do You Know God is Real? It's written on a third through sixth grade level. And we said, yeah, we've got something that, that might be helpful. And so we sent them, how do you know God is real? And then began to realize, you know what, that might be a great resource to have in Mandarin. And people who speak Mandarin out there are, are pretty close to it. And so we sent it off to World Video Bible School where they have a Chinese guy who put it in simple Chinese. It's a, basically what modern Mandarin type. And now that's on our website in Chinese for anybody that wants to, to read it in Chinese. And we're looking at ways that we can print it and get it shipped, kind of smuggled into China. But here's what was very exciting to us. About two weeks later, the lady wrote us an email and said, guess what? said that one lady that was having trouble with the existence of God, she read your book, said it answered every question she had, and she was baptized into Christ. Now, here's what's exciting to me. That's on a third through sixth grade level. It's not rocket science. It's not involved argumentation. It's... Hey, design always demands a designer. If you see a painting, there has to be a painter. You see design in the world all the time. What does that mean? And this lady who had never heard the arguments, the explanations for the existence of God, hears them on a fourth grade level and is so sincere, she says, that's exactly right. That's all I needed. I want to be a Christian now. And was baptized into Christ. That, I believe, is a testimony to exactly what we are trying to do at Apologetics Press. We're trying to, on each level, you know, if it's a person who's in a Ph.D. program, well, we hook them up with Mike Houts over in Huntsville, and we let them talk to him on a Ph.D. level and on a high school level and sometimes on a fourth grade level. But whatever level it is, 
that a person is struggling with the basic structure of Christianity. There's a God. The Bible's God's word. Jesus Christ is God's son. God is a loving God. Whatever they're struggling with, we try to provide them with something that if they are an honest-hearted person, they will respond in the proper way. And God lets us see that happen on a regular basis. And it's thrilling to me. And I love to get to come and say, look what God's doing at Apologetics Press. Look what God's doing through us. But then look what God's doing through you. Because you are just as responsible for that as we are. We could not do it without you. It does not get done without people who support our work, who try to pass the books out, who try to make sure that they get in the hands of people who need them. It doesn't get done without the lady who's studying with the the lady from China who gets the book and puts it in her hands. None of that gets done. But together, as members of the body, where you've got hands and feet and noses and eyes and ears, we all work together and God makes wonderful things happen when we sincerely say, God, what do you want us to do? And I'm thrilled to get to say, I get to be a part of Apologetics Press work and I'm thrilled to say that you are too and I want to thank you for that. And I want to say tonight, especially, most of the time when I come on a Sunday night, most people here are members of the Lord's Church. They've been baptized into Christ. They have a relationship with God that is exactly what God wants for them to have with their Creator. But sometimes not. Sometimes it's the case where a person, they believe in God. And you know what good is that really? Even the demons believe and tremble. They believe that there's a God, but they don't want to take a step in God's direction. Are you here tonight having somehow not formulated the relationship with God that He wants you to have with Him? You know, He wants to adopt you as a child. He wants to bring you into His family. He wants to forgive every sin you've got. But He can only do it if you'll repent and be baptized so he can appropriate the blood of his son to your soul and bring you spiritually into his family. Is there somebody that needs to do that tonight? If there is, I hope you'll make that decision as we stand and as we sing.